Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Mindless minions. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, end time watchwoman, Sheila Zelensky. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zelensky Show for this April 5th, 2016 edition. I broadcast weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on WINB and at WeekendVigilante.com. You can also go to the Listen tab at WeekendVigilante.com for ways to listen to the program. Thank you for tuning in from across the globe today. I am very excited to jump right into things. My guest today is a good friend of the show. She is a tough little cookie from the Lone Star State, and it's always my pleasure to have her on the program I always say she's proof. Do not mess with Texas. It is the one and only Minister Carla Butod. Carla, thank you so much for coming on the program. It has been a while, but it's great to have you back on the show. It's so good to be back with you, Sheila. Well, I'll tell you, we have a very, this is a timely message, I believe, Carla, because what I've noticed lately is there seems to be a real spirit of murmuring, complaining, griping, it's incredible. And one of the things that I've noticed lately, and I looked up this word in the Webster's, and it says in the Webster's 1828, it says, murmuring is uttering complaints. And there's really a lot of admonition in the Bible. There's warnings, of course, admonition meaning warning. So the admonition concerning murmuring, well, let's read it in 1 Corinthians ten eleven. It says, neither murmur as some of them murmured, as the destroyer. So it mentioning that word destroyer. So, you know, Carla, everyone likes the blessing, but no one wants a curse for admonition. The word says, take heed lest he fall. So, you know, sometimes we do nothing but complain to God. Now, in as a personal story, one of the things I noticed in my life is that I was in a rut for a long time where I would pray and pray, but it turned out I wasn't praying, but rather I was doing a whole lot of complaining to God. And the longer I prayed, the more depressed I felt. It was like after 30 minutes of pouring out all my problems to God, I felt like taking a long walk off a short plank. And I remember <laughs> saying, God, why are you not dealing with this? And God said, why are you not? 
And so <laughs> that's where I want to start is because complaining is very displeasing to God and we hurt God and we start doubting his love and we bring a curse upon ourselves. So that's what we're going to deal with today. That's a good subject. There is a lot of that going on. And the word says that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it, it also tells you the conditions of people's hearts. Yeah, well, the heart condition is a huge impediment to this, isn't it? Because as soon as things don't go our way, Carla, do you notice that we complain, we complain, we even complain to God about God. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Well, you know, I don't do much of that anymore. I know when I was young in the Lord, I was constantly asking him, you know, what's up with this? Why this? Why that? And, And I noticed a huge difference in my life when I quit asking God why, and begin to do what the Scripture tells us to do, and that is to give thanks in all things. That's a hard one, though, but I can look back in my life on the crises that I've gone through, and I can even now give thanks to God for even those things, for the way it grew me up, developed me, brought me forward. I used to be, let me say this, I used to be a professional complainer. <laughs> now, the, the T-shirt that says, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Yeah. Well, that was so true in our household because I constantly griped and complained. Well, it's easy to get into that habit because I think, you know, we're pretty spoiled culture. And that's what I find so interesting is in the West, we are very, very spoiled. You know, we have our dishwashers and our our big fluffy soft beds. But I mean, I know people that go on trips, and that's all they do when they go on these mission trips is they complain, you know, the food isn't good, the bed isn't good, the water's not good, nothing's right. People out there know those people that nothing is ever right. And that really can get into a snowball effect, can't it? It can, and the question it would cause me to ask, are you sure you're called to be a missionary? (laughs) You must realize that if you're going to go to these countries that don't have the comforts that we do, it's not going to be pleasant. Well, yeah, that's just it, is we're so used to our comforts, we're used to, we're pretty spoiled. I mean, I even think back to my grandmother who who didn't even have, she had a, a washboard and they had to go down to the river and get water and pack it up and melt the water. I mean, I'm mind numbed when I think about all the amenities we have today. And yet we're the most spoiled, griping, murmuring, complaining lot of all, aren't we? Yes, I was just telling my granddaughter yesterday, it's funny you should mention those things, because I was telling her, can you imagine that, like my mother, who is her great-grandmother, didn't have a washing machine when she first got married. You know, my mother's generation has seen so many things be invented for our ease, like dishwashers, washers, dryers. I mean, they used to have to hang their clothes out. A lot of them had to pick their own vegetables out of the garden and wash them and peel them and cook them. And I mean, I think maybe one of the problems that lends to all this griping and complaining is we have too much time because all of our uh, machines are doing our work for us and we're sitting around with extra time to gripe and complain. You've got a really good point because... 
in my family, they were up at the crack of dawn, you know, four or five in the morning, milking cows. And you didn't go to bed until late, late at night and you were exhausted. And right. nowadays, everybody's just, you know, they got lots of time for posting what they ate on Facebook and on and on it goes. But here's the thing, back to what I said about, I remember saying to God, why are you not dealing with this? I was so frustrated, Carla. And then I heard God say very distinctively, why are you not dealing with this, Sheila? I gave you authority. I gave you power. I gave you the ability to rebuke the enemy. I gave you an ability to change things with prayer. So until I learned, Carla, to take authority over things that bothered me, and I noticed I immediately felt better, I stopped complaining, I decided to change my prayers, I decided to start rebuking the enemy, and I decided to use my authority because complaining is very displeasing to God. We hurt God and we start doubting his love. And again, it goes back to that curse. Now, Numbers 1427. I want to read this because I think this is really important. And if people get their Bible, I think this is very important scripture. And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron saying, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation that murmur against me? And in verse 32 and 33, it says, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness and your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years. Now pay attention to verse 35. Here it is. In the wilderness, they shall be consumed by plagues, disease, war. They shall die. Carla, that's bringing upon a total death curse because verse 36 here goes on to say, and the men Moses sent to search the land murmured against him, bringing a slander upon the land. 37 says this verbatim, those murmuring men died of a plague. That's pretty clear that that brings a curse, isn't it? It does. It does. And also, it's a form of, we wouldn't see it this way, but it's a form of worshiping Satan almost, because it is ungodly, and yet we fall into these practices, and then we get trapped by them. But, you know, it says in the word, like, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So it it would stand to reason that the opposite of that would bring sickness, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times I think we are in this mindset that life is just perfect. Everything's going to be just with great ease. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, but we go through a lot of different kind of steps, wet steps, muddy steps, dry steps, sometimes Mm -hmm. a cow patty. There are reasons for the different seasons and valleys and low times in our life. It's not just all tiptoeing through the tulips, is it? Yes, I know. I complained until I was freed from that, a critical spirit. It comes along with that, uh, just critical of everything. In my early years, that's all I ever did. And all it did was reinforce my discontent. Well, I'll tell you what, I was probably the most discontent person ever. In my search for contentment, I've discovered main things that we've got to eliminate from our lives in order to be content. And the number one problem, I think, that leads to feelings of discontent is greed. And that's where I was. I was just not content no matter how much I had. I didn't think of it at the time as being greedy. I just always wanted more than I had. And I think we've got to learn to enjoy where we are in each area of our life while we're on the way 
to where we're going. And I think fear causes many of us to be unhappy and discontent. We're afraid we're not going to get what we desire. And this causes us to be impatient. And over time, I've learned I could do the things God wanted me to do. And I could trust in and wait on his perfect timing to bring to me those things that he knew were best for me. Lack of trust in God is another huge cause of discontent. If we put our trust in God, he'll bring us to a place of rest, joy, peace, not the peace the world offers, but of course, only the peace that he offers. And finally, I think that looking for contentment in all the wrong places is really another reason for discontentment. Don't make the mistake, folks, of looking for contentment in things. You're never going to be satisfied when you put your trust in things. And I'll tell you, God's perfect provision is really what brings joy and peace and contentment. Because think about what the Israelites were complaining about. They were complaining about the manna. That was God's perfect provision. And yet they were complaining about it. Yeah. Manna was perfect food. Yes, it was. It was. But there again, it shows their spoiled condition. They were used to all of the rich foods of Egypt and wanted to go back to it, it, turning their hand away from God to go back to what they were delivered from, which is like the dog returning to its vomit. You know, when you look at the evils of a murmuring spirit, I think something you said is really important. It does model Satan because Lucifer was really the first grumbler, wasn't he? Wasn't He was dissatisfied with his position. Right, he was. I was reminded of the serpents. Weren't the serpents, those fiery serpents released upon the Israelites because they were grumbling and complaining? So, I mean, we we lose those things on ourselves when we resort to grumbling and complaining. The fiery serpents are released upon us, and things just get worse and worse and worse. There are some spirits, too, that griping and complaining runs with. For instance, the spirit of Jezebel which I was a very strong one. That's one of her great attributes is grumbling and complaining. Nothing's ever good enough. And so it could be a spirit causing the grumbling and complaining. But a lot of it goes just from unthankfulness. You know, I um, take care of my mother-in-law and her health has deteriorated. Her husband has Alzheimer's and she was just continuing to go down and down and down. And she asked me one day, why do you think that our life is turning out like this? Why are we having to suffer all of this and everything? And I, and I told her, you know, I think a thankful heart goes a long way. You know, I said, every day I'm thankful that you're not laying in the bed in excruciating pain. I'm thankful that you can still get up and walk yourself to the restroom. I am thankful that you have your right mind. You know, where is the thankfulness? All all I hear is what you can't do anymore and what you don't have and how things are not. And so, you know, a thankful heart can go a long way. And Satan hates a thankful heart because it's a condition that God wants us to have. Look at Paul. Paul said that he learned to be content in whatever situation he found himself in. And we could learn a lot from that. You know, I don't like some things either, but I've learned over the years that it's going to be better for me if I remain thankful. 
Absolutely. Well, and actually, let's look at some of those scriptures on being thankful. I want people to grab a pen and write these down. Hebrews 12, 28, 29. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. That's one. Psalm mm-hmm. 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield, my heart trust him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exalts. And with my song, I shall thank him. And of course, there's many scriptures that talk about thankfulness. I'm going to read out a few and I want you to jot these down, folks. Get a pen. I'm going to give you some really good ones. Here we go. I'm going to list them. Colossians 2, 6, 7, Psalm 34, 1, Psalm 104, Jonah 2, 9, Ephesians 5, 3 to 4, 1 Timothy 4, 4 to 5, and 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Those are just to name a few, Carla, but it's really important because as I was looking at one of these scriptures, I thought it was very interesting that it says, the Lord is my strength, my heart trusts in him. When we're operating in fear, we're not operating in faith, are we? No, and one of the favorite scriptures that I have is Proverbs 3, Five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. If you're trusting in the Lord, it's hard to turn your focus to the negative. Well, and you know, as you were talking, I just thought, you know, if we're a son and daughter of the Most High God and we have a Heavenly Father who loves us, we are the deeply beloved bride of Christ and members of Jesus Christ's body. It says we're ambassadors. Well, that's contrary to who we are when we're griping and complaining. We're a king's son, a king's daughter, and yet we're so troubled and vexed at every little thing that happens. You know, that that's not really very synonymous, is it? No, and it goes right back to the scripture I started with, that a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, And so out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it really is very telling the condition of the heart of even God's people that they are grumbling and complaining that, you know what, people are in trouble. There is so much trouble these days that people can't fake it anymore. You know, the masks that they wear, it's beginning to break them down and they don't know what to do. There's a very strong spirit of oppression, I believe. And that's where people have to understand. It's one thing to be vexed and troubled, but it's another thing, Carla, we've talked about this before, the church, the mainstream church is not talking about deliverance. But Mm -hmm. a lot of this oppression that causes people the torment, the oppression, the depression, it comes from a spiritual component, doesn't it? It does. It does. It In uh, Acts 10.38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and fire. He went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. It is an oppression from the devil. I told my son one day, God told Jeremiah, I am come for your words, right? So if God comes because of our words, then Satan comes because of our words. God is looking for someone to agree with his word and then walk in that. Well, Satan's looking for the same thing. So that when we, it it starts with 
oppression, and the enemy is projecting things into our minds to see what we don't like, to voice what we don't like, and and complain and grumble because he knows that's going to keep us from walking in the ways that God wants us to walk. Well, and also as you were talking, it reminded me as you were saying that it's the opposite of prayer. If we're grumbling and complaining and murmuring, we essentially are reversing our prayer and we're rehearsing all that we aren't getting or all that God's not doing that we think he should be doing. So, I mean, it's exceedingly contrary to the prayer that you make to God. When you come to pray to God, you acknowledge his sovereignty. You know, you're professing yourselves to be at God's disposal. In other words, when we come to God with requests, with praise and thankfulness, that's communing with him. That's knowing that he is sovereign, isn't it? It is. The scripture says, enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Enter his courts with what? Praise. Not with grumbling and complaining. So it could just be that we have our prayer lives out of order. One of the things that is so stunning to me when I hear Christians say this all the time, and I just, I literally, my jaw drops. They say, well, you know, as a last resort, I could pray. Yeah, all that's left to do now is pray. (laughs) You know what? That should be the first thing we do. I tell you, I've learned that's the first thing I do, because if you stop and look and, and start trying to figure out how to fix things, you get yourself in real trouble. How many times do men and women, Carla, when they're discontented, do they let their thoughts run and run? And pretty soon, you know, one little thing that you're thinking of, if you meditate on that, pretty soon it becomes this massive snowball. That is why I think it's so important that scripture take every thought captive Captive. to Mm -hmm. the obedience of Christ. And um, I think I've said this on another show with you. It's like picturing two big bouncers at the door of a club. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing when you line up and they say, no, you're not on the list. Well, picture all those negative thoughts. If those Mm -hmm. are not from Christ, then don't let them through. You know, it's picture those two bouncers at your the corner of your head saying, Is that thought from God? No, it's not. That is not a thought of God. Actually start paying attention to your thoughts. Oh, I'm never going to get anywhere. My life sucks. My life is terrible. I never thought that I would be at this point. If you start Mm -hmm. meditating on that pretty soon, it just, it really does snowball, doesn't it? It It, it, Then it becomes overwhelming. And then you get yourself in trouble because then you start thinking about the things that you could do that would make you feel better. And you know what? Even as these times are approaching us, that things are getting, the heat's being turned up, in other words. I hear people actually say, it was better when I just lived in the world. I'm like, what? I mean, how could you even think of going back to that? And I always tell them, you know what? It's not an option because once you're with him, I've tried it myself. You can't do it. Well, I'll tell you what, being a Christian is not for the weak. People say, well, Christianity is a crutch. I said, right. I, I dare you to try it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That's the truth. Because when we're in the world, Satan's not fighting for us. He's already got us. Mm-hmm. He owns the world. But there again, we've been given power over all the power of the enemy. It really goes back to training. You know, there's such a need for training the body of Christ what to do when those things come because everybody gets them. 
and you think it's just normal, and you think your thoughts are you when they're not. I was never so happy to find out because that griping and complaining woman, well, it was a spirit, an evil spirit in me. I was never so happy to find out that it wasn't me, that I could actually be rid of that. And thank God I am rid of that. It wore me out. It it takes a lot. That's another thing I noticed. It took a lot of energy to gripe and complain all the time. So it is true because, of course, it goes back to that discontented heart. A right. discontented heart, though, Carla, that's a proud heart. That's what the word says. Yeah, that won't submit to God. When we're griping and complaining, we are not obeying God and His word. Pride's a big part of this, but there's also a spirit of pride people have, too, isn't there? Definitely. That's the hardest thing to give up is our pride. It's idolatry, really. And you Texans, you're the worst one for pride, aren't you? Hey, if we've got it, it's bigger than everybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas, even the That's pride. Right. That's right. But I think there is an inherent optimism, Carla, within the gospel that produces a natural hope, a love, a joy, a peace. I think when we're rejoicing in the Lord and in everything, give thanks, as you said, be anxious for nothing. Don't grumble. Don't complain. Don't murmur. I mean, there's a an intrinsic optimism about the Christian life. God will never leave us or forsake us. That right there ought to remove any type of affliction. But oftentimes, despite all that, people still get in this very oppressive rut. And that's where I think people have to understand that deliverance of some of these spiritual yeah. things, we open doors for some of this stuff, don't we? We do. And a lot of it, you know, and depending on what kind of home you were raised in, you could have just developed a lot of bad habits and picked up bad habits in the home. I know that was true for me. Uh, there was a lot of criticism going on and complaining and griping, and it's just a bad habit. I know that I had to make an effort whenever I had to start changing that bad habit. You know, bad you can't cast out a bad habit. You've got to stop it. And so I purposed myself to begin to be more positive in my speech. And you know what? It says that whatever you speak, that's what you're going to have. So sometimes you have to start speaking it even before you feel it in your heart. And then as you do, it changes your heart attitude. Well, absolutely. Because, of course, in today's fast-paced world, people don't have time for thankfulness. they got work and traffic and family uh-huh. and doctor appointment and soccer practice and countless other things clamoring for their attention. They don't have time to thank others. They're usually fingering somebody on the road and calling somebody a a beep and beep and you know and that's the thing is that I mean people have you thought about where this mindset of ingratitude comes from I think it's I mean our nation Carla we enjoy plentiful food we have shelter we have electricity running water we talked about that we have air conditioning I mean I know Texas is hot girl (laughs) (laughs) well we have that right now I don't know how much longer we're going to have all of all of those comforts. I'm serious. I'm beginning to really see that when that time comes, oh my goodness, it's going to be hard on a lot of people. And and I'll just say, it's going to be hard on me. If they cut the electricity off, 
you know, even if they shut down the, the uh, satellites and the cell phone towers, and listen, we're not going to know what in the world to do when those things begin to befall us, if we're here. I just know that in my lifetime, I have seen a lot of the signs that are showing that those times are coming upon us. And even now, our electricity go off for no reason at all. The weather's beautiful. All of a sudden, we have no electricity for like almost a day. And I'm like, what's up with that? Why should we not have electricity? But we are so spoiled to having all of those things at the flip of a switch that it's really going to rock our world whenever we flip the switch and there's nothing there. When we crawl in the shower and there's no water coming out. Exactly. It's again, it's the conveniences of modern living. You know, I I was thinking after 430 years of slavery to the Egyptians, the Israelites through God's miraculous interventions, because people say, well, I'm going to be depending on the Lord through miraculous interventions. I mean, think about all the interesting things God flew in breakfast to Elijah. They got water out of rocks. I mean, it was pretty amazing what God did. It was. It was exciting to read about those things. I'm not sure I would have wanted, you know, I'd wonder how faithful a Christian I'm going to be when those times come. I pray that I will pass the test. But as far as being thankful, I have found myself recently just really thanking God for another day that we can speak his name freely without fear, you know, of being thrown in jail or killed or our heads cut off or whatever, that we can still gather together on Sunday and what other days. We can still have Christian conferences and things that we don't have to be fearful. We still have that freedom in this country, even though it's being threatened. But I am really being thankful and realizing how many years we have taken that for granted. It's very true. We have. And I say this all the time. And we, we've morphed into total debauchery. I do believe that we are reaping curses. And of course, Deuteronomy 28, it's called the blessing and curses chapter. But Carla, it records a sobering warning to those who heed it. The pro- I mean, that's given almost 33,500 years ago. And it recounts what is foretold to happen to proud arrogant and ungrateful nations. And that's really what we've become proud, arrogant and ungrateful, haven't we? Yes, we have. I know it must grieve the Lord a lot to see where his people are. And though he knew it, he knew that these days were coming. It, It is written. And so we shouldn't be shocked by these things. But then again, we need to do all that we know to do as Christians to be thankful people and to stop griping and complaining. We even complain about some of the the pleasures that we have. We're so driven, you know, and listen, I'm drawing back. I, I am simplifying my life as much as I know how to. And this is another thing I find myself telling people as they gripe and complain about family members, friends, whatever. Listen, I have chosen to distance myself from those who cause me grief. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this, Carla. Why is mankind so intrinsically ungrateful? Well, I think because they have expectations that are not being met or even seeing somebody else prosper and they don't prosper or 
I, I just believe that it's a it's just an attitude of being discontent wanting more and more and more and more. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that's a self gratification spirit. I think there's a spirit of selfishness too that swept our nation, isn't it? I mean, look at we're a culture of selfies. We even have a name for it. I mean, how self indulgent and selfish is even that word selfie? I know it. It's um, we are a nation of narcissists. (laughs) look what I'm doing, look at me. You know, that's what I call Facebook, cyber voyeurism. It's just window peeping into everybody's lives. I'm not on Facebook. (laughs) Don't want to be on Facebook. Don't have time for Facebook. I call it, I call it fake book and fascist book. It is also, it's a complete data mining tool as well for the global elite. But here's the point. I think that in these last days, I mean, Paul warned us, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, Mm -hmm. disobedient, unthankful. There's that word. Unthankful. I mean, so that those attitudes we can see, Carla, really becoming increasingly evident in the last days. And so, you know, I think in contrary to that, one of the things that we I want to go back to in this because I think it's so important and at the end we're going to have a prayer for the people we are going to come against some spirits that could be hindering people as we talked about Satan being the you know he was a perfectly created archangel and mm-hmm. the prophet Isaiah records how are you fallen from heaven O Lucifer son of the morning how are you cut to mm-hmm. the ground which did weaken the nations for you have said in your heart I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. So you can really see there, that is the epitome of arrogance, isn't it? It is. It is. It's idolatry. He wanted. He was making himself a god. Absolutely. That is the ultimate form of self-exaltation, idolatry. And it's not really surprising that we have such a culture of arrogance, selfishness, self-indulgence. It's really... Not that surprising. But one of the things I've personally done in the last few years, and I've found this really helpful, is I started a prayer journal. And at the top of the corner, I also put down daily things that I'm thankful for. My mother was given a vaccination several years ago, and she became an instant quadriplegic. I've told that story on air. Living in a hospital for 24-hour care, being on life support, not being able to breathe on her own, hooked up to a machine, it really made me think every day when I was in that hospital, I would think, I am so thankful just to be able to move my hands. I'm thankful to be able to use my legs, walk, breathe on my own. I mean, that might sound silly to people, but I'm really thankful just to be able to get out of bed in the morning to be able to walk, to be able to smell, to see. There's people that are blind. They don't have sight. There are so many things that we should be thankful for. I'm just thankful for a healthy body. And I think we really take for granted our health. We take our kids for granted. We take our spouses for granted. We just take everything for granted. If you have a roof over your head, you should be thankful for that. If you have food in your belly, you should be thankful for that because there's a lot of people that don't have food. So we really need to develop an attitude of thankfulness. And I think that prayer journal is a really good idea to start journaling, find something to be thankful for God about 
And every day, give him thanks, give him praise, give him glory and honor and praise and thanks for every single thing that you have, because taking it for granted, that's a very slippery slope. And I've personally found that another way that you can really thank God and show him thankfulness is through tithes and offerings. The prophet Malachi records God's words. It says, will a man rob God? So you're cursed with a curse if you rob God. It says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouses that there may be meat in the mine house. And it goes on to say, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there shall not be room enough to receive it. So God provides absolutely everything that we have. It's all his. And Mm -hmm. he promises to provide more through pouring out blessings from heaven. If we do our part, God will do his. That's even a heartfelt dedication to supporting his end time work. I mean, he promises more than we could possibly desire. That's hard to wrap our head around, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. But you know, people's priorities are out of place because I hear them say, well, I I don't have anything to give or whatever, yet they're dripping in gold, have on the latest expensive tennis shoes, fake nails, tattoos, you know, all these things that they spend their money on. But what are they giving to God? Yeah, that's so true, because at the end of the day, it's all his. And for what we do have, we need to be thankful for because things can change in an instant. And we need to be dependent on him, not on ourselves. That spirit of independence, that's a problem too. Speaking of spirits and afflictions, Carla, I'm going to get you now to pray for the listeners. And Carla's going to come against anything that could be hindering you, cursing you, blocking you or just causing you to be in that place of discontentment, murmuring, complaining, all the stuff that we've talked about on the show today. Well, we're going to take care of that right now. Carla, if you would, please do lead the listeners into a prayer, and the listeners can just receive this by faith. Okay. Well, Father, upon hearing all of these things, Lord, we just first want to repent. We come to you and and ask you to forgive us, Lord, for the times that we have opened our mouths to grumble and complain, even though our our lives are filled with so many things to be thankful for, and yet we, we're not happy, we're discontented. And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just bind that spirit of discontent, the ungratefulness, the unthankful heart, selfishness, oppression and depression we command those spirits to go now in the name of jesus we break your power off god's people we come against the bad habits of just griping and complaining we break it in the name of jesus we come against idolatry thinking that we should have everything that we want and have it the way we want it i just break that idolatry in the name of jesus christ all narcissism go just being so tuned in on yourself, taking pictures of yourself, and needing other people to read about yourself. All these spirits of selfishness go in Jesus' name. Being greedy and ungiving, I bind those spirits of greed and ungiving. I've I lose the people to be generous, to give into God's kingdom. I come against dissatisfaction, never being happy with what you have. Uh, Lord, we just ask you to give us a heart full of thankfulness that we have a house to live in and a car to drive and jobs and food to eat and family and the freedom, oh God, to worship you still. We just thank you for that. I come against all griping 
and mumbling and murmuring and complaining. Lord, we just come against those spirits right now in your people. Let them catch themselves. Let them cast down those vain imaginations and everything that exalts itself above your knowledge. Let us get into your word and let us be thankful and be filled with praise and thanksgiving for the God that you are to us. I come against oppression and depression just looking at yourself and, and only seeing what you don't have. You oppressive spirit, I bind you and break your power and command you to get out of God's people. In depression, you go. That spirit of heaviness and gloom, go in the name of Jesus. That spirit that makes you sad and looking at everything that is negative. The spirit of negativity, I break your power in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against all covetousness looking at everybody else and what they have that makes you unhappy about what you don't have. I bind that spirit of covetousness, and I command you to go in the name of Jesus. I loose upon your people joy and peace and love that they can praise you and be thankful. A thankful heart goes a long way that we might give our thanks to you daily, Lord, for all the blessings that you have bestowed on us and not concentrate on the things that are causing us to be unhappy. In the name of Jesus, I just bless your people. I command them to wake up. I command their ears to hear. I command their spirits to respond and to begin to give thanks to you who are worthy of all of our thanks and praise, Lord. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen and amen. Amen. Well, and remember Paul's three commandments for true Christians. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Because we love the Lord and we thank him for his provision. And we're grateful for his provision. And also the word says, Carla, make your request be known to God. So Thanks. we need to learn to ask, but we also need to remember that ingratitude is a deadly sin and God directly calls it evil. So we need to remember that how God sees that. That's a deep character flaw. And of course, few will tell you about it, but ingratitude does stick out like a sore thumb. Ingratitude really does cause God to, I think, withhold his blessing. And I mean, I think it's just really important that every day we thank God for his provision because it's all his, isn't it? Yes, it is. I do thank him every day. (laughs) I try to have a thankful heart and to keep my mind on good things. Amen. And folks, one of the things I really think is important, and I started doing this myself, if you're going through an immense struggle and things are overwhelming, shut everything off and just put on a praise song and get into a spirit of worship and praise and give God thanks. And I guarantee you that will really turn your day around. You know, it'll just uplift you. And Carla, I want to thank you for your time today. And do come back and see us real soon. I will. Thank you, Sheila. It was good to be with you. Thanks, Carla. Folks, that was Minister Carla Butod. Her website is CarlaButod.com. That's Carla, B-U-T-A-U-D.com. Her information is linked there on today's bio. Do reach out to Carla and let her know that you heard her on the program. She is always such a blessing to you, the listener. We have a fantastic lineup for the rest of the week tomorrow. 
Back with us is Dr. Danny Morano with a very timely message indeed. We certainly look forward to that. Folks, just a reminder, if you have not got a copy of my book, Green Gospel, it is available by going to greengospel.ca with Agenda 30 and the UN ramping up the green agenda in full swing. There could not be a more timely book, so please do make sure you have a copy and give one out to your pastors, church friends. This is such timely information, so do pick up a copy. That's, again, greengospel.ca, and make sure you do sign up on social media, my Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, because some of the shows come out on YouTube before they even hit the podcast. And don't forget, if you have not got the app, the Weekend Vigilante app, go to the App Store, search Weekend Vigilante, download the app. It's a great app and you'll really appreciate it. So convenient, so easy. The show's all one click away and there's a lot of great features on that app. It's customized for you, the listeners. I hope you do enjoy it. Thank you so much for tuning into the program today. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. 